Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the ASHP Advocating for Impact podcast, where every episode covers a policy issue impacting the practice of pharmacy. I'm Tom Krause, ASHP's Vice President of Government Relations, and I'll be your host for today's discussion. We have a very special guest today, Nick Potterbaum from Senator Grassley's office is joining us. And of course, as many of our members know, Senator Grassley is the lead sponsor of the Pharmacy and Medically Underserved Areas Enhancement Act, which was introduced in April. Uh, so we'll be taking a look inside uh, the, the sort of Capitol Hill process and asking Nick about the, the legislation that Senator Grassley is championing to ensure that uh, Medicare beneficiaries can access pharmacist care. So thanks so much for joining us today, Nick. Yeah, thanks, Tom. So Nick, we're obviously very excited about the potential of this legislation to expand access to services, particularly in rural and underserved communities. Why is ensuring rural and underserved patients uh, have access to pharmacist care important to Senator Grassley? Yeah, well, that's a, a great question, and, and thanks for having me, Tom. Uh, Senator Grassley, as many of your members may know, is a longtime champion for rural health care. He recognizes that all too often Washington believes that one size fits all when it really just isn't the case, especially when it comes to rural America and underserved areas. And so uh, that's why he's so proud to, to champion this bill and be the lead sponsor again for the Pharmacy and Medically Underserved Provider Area, Underserved Areas Enhancement Act. Uh, make sure I get that. It's a mouthful. I know we colloquially refer to it as the provider status bill, right? But, uh, he's, uh, he's happy to champion again. I mean, as I mentioned, he's a longtime champion for healthcare, uh, especially in, in rural areas. And so, you know, I think there are a couple particular reasons why uh, he, he's really happy to champion this bill, uh, especially to really help those patients underserve areas. He knows the challenge. Uh, he knows the challenge that patients and providers have. I think there's a stat out there that 79 of Iowa's 99 counties, uh, of which he visits every year, uh, are considered a medically underserved area. And that's really the federal government's way of saying that they lack a primary care doctor and the population is at high risk for many medical issues. And so unless a bunch of doctors also magically appear in in those rural counties and underserved areas of the state, we need alternative solutions uh, with qualified medical professionals. And so uh, Senator Grassi knows that challenge. And fortunately, we've got a viable solution, right? We've got a pharmacist uh, or a pharmacy in about uh, 90% of the country within five miles of where Americans and Iowans are living. And so we don't have to wait to train a bunch of doctors or or other medical professionals and wait five to 10 years and hope that that happens. We know that there are viable solutions of qualified medical professionals today. And so if we can change some of the the regulatory uh, infrastructure on how Medicare reimburses, then we can help serve many vulnerable uh, Iowans and, and vulnerable seniors across the country. Um, and I think the last most important thing I just wanted to mention is this idea is bipartisan. Fortunately, we've got uh, Senator Brown from Ohio, uh, as well as Senator Casey from Pennsylvania, who jumped on board early uh, in the 117th Congress to champion this bill with Senator Grassley. Uh, and I'm proud to say that since then, we've built even more support. Senator Rosen from Nevada has signed on uh, recently. And then we've got Republican support that's building with Senator Hyde Smith of Mississippi, uh, as well as Senator Collins of Maine. And so not only does Senator Grassley understand the challenge and know that there's a viable solution in place, uh, we recognize that this idea is also a true bipartisan idea. So we've got the, the right mix to, to try and make something happen. Great. And we're excited about that, uh, that bipartisan uh, uh, effort. 
So can you say a little bit more about kind of uh, how you anticipate this would, would benefit Iowans and, 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 you know, how they would benefit from access uh, to pharmacists? Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's a couple examples. First and foremost, uh, we know that there are many individuals who are already seeing pharmacists that aren't 65, but are turning 65 and, and getting on Medicare. And so they're used to going to their pharmacist for a wellness check or an immunization or whatever in the scope of practice that a pharmacist can already provide, whether it's in Iowa or another state. And so they turn 65 and get on Medicare and realize they can no longer get that service from the provider uh, that they're used to, the pharmacist. And so the first and foremost biggest impact will be is it will maintain that access uh, that Iowans and patients across the country and Medicare are used to prior to getting on Medicare. And I think the most important thing and what I'm most excited about this bill is, uh, and I mentioned earlier a little bit, but it's going to help improve access. Uh, we know that there are areas of the country, especially in Iowa, a good chunk of uh, the geography that doesn't have access to a primary care doctor that, you know, people normally think some of these services are provided, but uh, in reality, pharmacists are trained uh, and qualified and already do it. And so it's going to help expand that access uh, that Iowans and, and Medicare patients across the country know and understand. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Yeah, you know, you mentioned um, that in some cases, uh, pharmacists are already providing some of these services. In fact, we've seen you know, in the past couple of years, several states try to expand access to pharmacists only in their own states and in Medicare programs. And, and of course, this past year, we've seen the federal government use the PREP Act to expand access to, to pharmacist services. So I'm curious kind of how those, you know, those different expansions from the, the state level and the federal government, how do you anticipate that those, those changes kind of contribute to the need to bring the Medicare program into align, in alignment with how care is actually delivered in the states? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, I think bottom line, it means there's momentum to making this happen. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, as many people and pharmacists across the country know that Medicare's rules and regulations are, are frankly a byproduct of a different era and a different healthcare system, uh, and they've evolved over time. And so fortunately, things like Medicare Advantage and private insurance have been able to be more flexible and adapt, but it, it's critical that we align Medicare rules and regulations to the healthcare system that we have today to ensure the right care at the right time in the right place, uh, as I kind of described with some of the stats earlier. And so I think there, there is some benefit to the fact that there is an existing regulatory framework out there. I mean, pharmacists have uh, the scope of practice to do the things that we described in this bill. Second, you know, there are, they are qualified medical professionals ready. They've been trained. They've done this for a while. Uh, and we know that the model has been tested uh, with private insurance and Medicare Advantage for years. And so I, I think bottom line, as I mentioned earlier, this is about momentum. We know the, the solutions out there. It's just a matter of changing uh, the unfortunate sort of archaic rules of Medicare that'll align with that. Uh, the one thing I do want to mention and something Senator Grassley cares a lot about is uh, at the state level, you know, we want to be respectful of the innovations that exist uh, in, in the laboratories innovation that states do have uh, in the flexibility. But since this has been going on for so long, both in the private insurance space, uh, but also we know we've tested it uh, and done it in so many other uh, areas that uh, it's, um, it's important that we align uh, Medicare rules to the practice of healthcare today. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for, for explaining that. I, th I know that's a message that will resonate with our members. I think so many of them practice in settings where they are providing care and, and saw a stat recently that actually 33, I think it was 33 Medicaid programs recognized pharmacists as providers in some capacity. 
and 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 want to be able to uh, kind of provide that same level of of access and service to uh, to Medicare beneficiaries. So so that's great. So just you know one one last question for you, Nick. So you mentioned the bipartisan support that we are seeing so far um, from the lead sponsors. Do you anticipate that we'll uh, achieve some broad bipartisan support for this uh, this reintroduced bill? And and what can our ASHP members do to help Senator Grassley in his push to advance this bill? Yeah, well, the, the best thing your, your members can do is contact their senator or member of Congress today. As a constituent, uh, it's important that you reach out, whether it's calling, writing, or showing up to a public event, uh, as those become more and more common uh, as we uh, cross uh, the vaccination hurdles. But the most important thing, like I said, is just reach out and contact them and let them know how important this is. But there is momentum. I talked about started out with uh, Senator Grassley and Senator Casey and Brown, uh, two Democrats, but we've already added three or four co-sponsors since then. And so uh, momentum's building. That means pharmacists are, are reaching out to their members of Congress and senators and impacting how many co-sponsors on this bill which is a really important milestone to continue to build to create the momentum that's necessary. It's important that, uh, like I said, pharmacists reach out, but I also know that uh, it's important that other organizations continue to get involved and put their name behind this. Uh, I'm proud that I think over 130 organizations to date, I think getting close to 140, have publicly endorsed uh, the provider status legislation. And so there's an organization out there that your members are a part of and they haven't endorsed legislation, that's really another concrete way that they can get involved and, and help support this bill. Uh, I do also just want to mention, uh, you know, we talk about how that pharmacists have been doing this in the private insurance and Medicare Advantage space uh, for a while. And it's important that we adjust the, the Medicare reimbursement rules to align with the healthcare system that exists today. But there's also a really important conversation going on in Congress, especially in the Senate right now, about how do we create more flexibilities in the healthcare system, deliver the right care at the right time in the right place, especially from all the experiences that we've had with the pandemic. Uh, and a lot of those conversations are focused on the telehealth space, but I think it's very important to include the provider status bill as part of that conversation because it's right there in how we deliver better care uh, in the healthcare system. And so just recently, the Senate Finance Committee that Senator Grassi is a senior member of and former chairman uh, recently had a hearing on pandemic flexibilities, and he highlighted the provider status bill and how important bills like this, including this one, are, are to the conversation about what flexibilities we should have in our healthcare system uh, when the public health emergency uh, ends. And so there's a lot of momentum uh, and reaching out to your members of Congress right now uh, will really help uh, continue to build on that momentum. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Nick. So I I know our members appreciate Senator Grassley pointing out that the role of pharmacists during a, a recent hearing. And, and I know that, you know, many of our members are on the front lines in the, the pandemic response and, and are uh, in every way uh, operating as, as clinical care providers. And so it's, you know, I, we think it's important to, to bring Medicare into alignment with that. I, I do want to mention for our members, we, uh, you know, there are, are, are opportunities for you to do the outreach uh, that Nick is mentioning here. We'll provide a link in the in the show notes to this, or for a uh, an email that you can use to um, to send to your members of Congress and let them know this is an important bill that we should be supporting. Um, for those of you that work in in health systems, you know, let your executive team and your government relations team know why this matters and how it would impact your ability to provide care to patients. Uh, encourage them to support the bill as an organization. We've seen uh, we've seen many health systems come out in support, and there's a, a letter circulating 
from health systems uh, in support of the bill. So um, there's lots of opportunities for us to, to, to be supportive of, of this legislation um, and, and help Senator Grassley move this forward. So, well, Nick, that's, that's all the time that we have today. So I, I wanna thank you for joining us to discuss the Pharmacy and Medically Underserved Areas Enhancement Act and for giving us a peek in the kind of inner workings of Congress. So ASHP members, make sure your voice is heard. Visit ashp.org to learn more about our key issues and, and some of the links to our advocacy efforts around this piece of legislation. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe rate or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.